Today I want to look at some deductive conditional forms. In the last episode I discussed syllogisms. It is useful to practice thinking about sentences and claims in categorical ways, thinking through some syllogisms and understanding why they are valid or invalid can be good training. Correctly reading that a particular affirmative or negative statement makes you aware of how much you can justifiably infer from some claims. The word some allows you to infer at least one, and people often want to read more into these claims than is allowed. But there is an important limitation with syllogisms. They can only employ three terms. Creating an argument with more than three terms is not uncommon. The syllogistic format simply breaks apart if it faces complicated arguments or conditional arguments. What if I wanted to say, if you go into the woods today, you're in for a big surprise. That cannot be expressed in categorical terms. What is a conditional argument? There are two parts to, to this. There's a conditional clause starting with the particle if, and there is a result clause or a consequent clause which should start with the word then, although it is often left out. We might call these if-then statements. The if clause is commonly known as the antecedent clause, and the result clause is often called the consequent clause. Given this simple conditional structure, there are four possible paths to a conclusion. We can affirm going into the woods, or we can deny going into the woods. Or we can affirm getting a big surprise, or we can reject or deny getting a big surprise. Two of the patterns are valid, and two of them are invalid. For example, number one, if you go into the woods today, you're in for a big surprise. Let's affirm the antecedent, you do go into the woods. The conclusion, you encounter a big surprise. This is valid by modus ponens, the mode of placing. The antecedent clause is affirmed. The antecedent clause is sufficient for the consequent clause. It's not necessary for the consequent to happen. It is possible for something else to cause a big surprise, but it is sufficient. Number two, if you go into the woods today, you're in for a big surprise. Let's negate the antecedent. You do not go into the woods today. What do you conclude? If you conclude you do not encounter a big surprise, that would be invalid, denying the antecedent. Consider this point briefly. Why is it invalid? Well, maybe someone does something completely unexpected and surprises you anyway. You're staying at home, not venturing into the woods, but friends come over and throw a surprise party. Pattern three. If you go into the woods today, you're in for a big surprise. Let's affirm the consequent. You have a big surprise. Conclusion? You went into the woods? Well, that's invalid. It's called affirming the consequent. As in the previous example, you could be surprised by any number of events. There is no convincing reason to assume that you went into the woods. And lastly, number four. If you go into the woods today, you're in for a big surprise. Let's deny the consequent. You encounter no big surprise. Life is boring. Conclusion? You did not go into the woods today. That is valid. 
by modus tollens, the mode of taking away. The consequent is removed. So it is logical to deduce that the antecedent clause is not the case. So to recap, there are two valid structures, modus ponens, if A, then B, A, therefore B. Modus tollens, if A, then B, not B, therefore not A. And there are two invalid forms, denying the antecedent, if A, then B, not A, therefore not B, or asserting the consequent, if A, then B, B, therefore A. Both of those are invalid. Play around with some examples of your own to see the logic here. For example, if it rains, I'll get wet. If it does not rain, you cannot deduce that I'm dry. Someone might have thrown water on me. Or if I'm wet, you cannot deduce that it rained because someone may have thrown water on me. There are two other logical combinations that are probably obvious, but I should cover them anyway. Conjunctive and disjunctive. Conjunctions join two things together, A and B. Because the two things or ideas are fused or joined together, they must both be true, they must both be the case for their unity to be true. If Bob and Mary are visiting Italy, then they will visit the Colosseum. Both Bob and Mary need to be in Italy for the result clause to be true. In contrast, Disjunctive statements, the either-or structure, require that only one of the elements be true. If either Bob or Mary come to Italy, I will ready the spare room. So if either one or both come to Italy, I will prepare a spare room. But in the event that neither one travels, I won't prepare the spare room. There are a few tricky phrases to ponder as well. For example, what do we do with the word unless? I will drive home unless I decide to have a drink. This means I will drive home if I do not have a drink. The unless clause becomes a negated antecedent clause. If I do not drink, I will drive home is the same as I will drive home unless I decide to have a drink. Another tricky one is only if. What does it mean? I will buy a home in, in Italy only if I win the lottery. Many people see the if and they want to make that the antecedent clause, but, but, but wait. Only if indicates a necessary condition, something that must be true for the other clause to be true. As we saw in the example of modus ponens, the antecedent clause is only a sufficient clause of the consequent, not a necessary one. Modus ponens is the pattern that works here. If I buy a house in Italy, then I have won the lottery. And this reflects the necessary relation between the parts. So the necessary condition becomes the consequent clause. Here's another example. For, if I enter medical school, I have done well in biology. I can only, I can enter medical school only if I do well in biology. Clearly, it would not work to place the only if clause as an antecedent. If I said, if I study biology, then I'll enter medical school, that would indicate that anyone who did biology could enter medical school. That's clearly false. So the words like unless and an only if are worth watching out for. Think about how they fit into the pattern of conditional propositions and make sure you grasp the 
correct relations between clauses.